0: Beep beep, beep beep. Hello and welcome to Cool Boy Radio. My name is Rob Laurie, and on the phone I have a very special guest who, you know, I'm gonna let him introduce himself. Take it away, Mr. Special Guest. Alright,
1: it's it's Scott's here today. Ah, uh, Scott's McCalzer. Bunza wee but suck. So, I'm calling in all the way from Scotland. Is this your first time on the show? Uh, I was previously on, well, uh, live from Hollywood, California. Ah. But I, I don't think I've been on Good Boy Radio. How's life been? Uh, it's been pretty fucking Scottish, if you know what I mean.
0: So, you're in Scotland right now?
1: I just wearing an occult and uh, drinking whiskey and all that. Interesting, because I think... I-
0: you know, it's, it's very easy to do a stereotypical, crude impression of a Scotsman. There are a Aye. lot of sort of cliches that, that a lot of hack comedians would sort of draw on. How do you feel Scottish people are portrayed in the media, yourself as a Scotsman?
1: Well, uh, you know, I don't see that many movies, really. I don't know why I was on a movie radio show. It's because, uh, you know that movie Train Spotting? on the Farm. Yes, uh, Ben and I are big fans of it. Yeah, well, that's the only film I've ever seen in my life. Was it accurate? And that, that was pretty Scottish. Uh, yeah? Yeah, I think that Johnny Lee Miller was a real true Scotsman. Interesting. Yeah, Scottish pride. Just based on his accent alone, you know? He looks like a Scotsman, he talks like a Scotsman, so he must be from Scotland. Are there
0: any Scottish stories, any quintessentially Scottish myths or legends or just everyday true-to-life moments that you feel need to be told in a feature film
1: oh oy. i reckon th- th- there is a wee bit of a struggle you know trying to keep your kilt on sometimes so maybe that could be extended into 90 minutes a man whose cult is always flowing up in the wind and then maybe he invents something to stop it from happening but the whole, the whole freaking village has seen my bollocks, and I don't know what to do about it, Rob.
0: Could you just maybe sell tickets to that?
1: Oi, no, that isn't that is a bloody idea, Robin. I'm, I'm gonna go tell Nassie about this one. I'll be, I'll be back later, Robin. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, drink and be sad. Really busy today. Full schedule. Oh, I'm, am
0: sorry. Well, I appreciate you fitting us in.
1: Alright, it's good to talk to you, Ruben pleasure scoots McHouser, everybody scots McHouser, uh be good to your fellow man and woman good be <laughs>
0: uh you know i think mike myers himself could not have done any better do we have ben hauser here oh ah, yes okay i'm back did we have another s-
1: special guest this week? Well, yeah we had your cousin on just now ah was it old old gregor mick 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 greg wasn't gregor McGreg? Although he rings a bell. Ah, uh, he's, he's the Irish yes, one. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Oh, was it Scott? Scott's McHouser? Yeah, you
0: got it. Scott's McHouser.
1: Ah. Uh, did he mention his heroin habit again? I don't think he did. Okay.
0: So, maybe he's clean. Maybe he's trying to play that down. Yeah. I mean... Again, trying to avoid hack Scottish cliches. Yeah, I hope
1: he's, I hope he's going well. I hope he's clean and safe, you know? He's a, he's a good boy. He sounded
0: good. He's a fighter. Oh, that's good. What's going on, Ben? How is life at the Momo?
1: well uh i I saw a certain image last weekend because i I went to the city of Hiroshima yes uh, you've heard of Hiroshima right where the first atomic bomb dropped of it. in world war two mm-hmm. so there's there's a very famous building it's called the a bomb dome and if it's it's very iconic it's like a do- it was like a building that was right near where the bomb went off right okay, and to, th- to this day like they've kept it standing still as like a testament to Peace and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was standing across the little river from that building and I turned around and I saw a child on a leash. Wow. And I thought, this must mean something. But I can't figure out what it means. We're talking a real person or a A real statue? child with their real mother. Yeah.
0: So, Simpsons, this leash demeans us both kind exactly. of Exactly.
1: And I, I believe... Now, this, this could be wrong and potentially racist, but I... D- I do believe it, they were Chinese tourists based on the way they were speaking. Okay. Because while I don't know much Japanese... Yeah. I can understand a little bit and I can recognize Japanese. And they did not sound Japanese. You would
0: have developed an ear for it by now. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: U- usually Japanese people don't speak loudly. Oh. So, if someone's very loud and like aggressively speaking, that's kind of an easy way. Yeah.
0: They might be Chinese.
1: Yeah. It, w- it was like an Elmo-branded leash as well, so...
0: Okay, so the kid's loving it.
1: Yeah, the kid's having fun. The mother's got a safe child. Who- why why would you take a kid to, like, the bomb Museum as well, though? That's, a- that's another question I have. Yeah. I don't think they'd be able to appreciate that. Because
0: when I've been on, like, overseas trips with... Well, really only the one with my whole family, but I would have been a kid. I was, like, nine years old, and even then, anything historical, I had no interest in. Even to this day, I won't go to a cathedral. If I'm overseas, I'm not going to a church. You've seen one, you've seen them all. It's just an old building. Doesn't matter how big it is, how pretty the glass windows are, what manner of architectural marvel it might be. Age of it, nothing. I am not interested. Church is a church. There's really not too much that can be offered no, so i think yeah as a kid going to a peace memorial like if it was a war museum if there were some cool planes and bombs and stuff maybe that would get it over the line but <laughs> as something that is devoted to the exact opposite of that yeah yeah and encouraging a message that we will never have anything like that exactly and on these premises I mean, that's probably why they needed the leash so he didn't run away.
1: That's true. And, and I, I completely understand where you come from, Read the churches, because I've been living in Japan, what, nine, t- almost 10 months now. Crazy. Time yeah. flies. But- um, Same thing with temples, I imagine. Yeah. Same thing with temples. You've seen one. Really, you've seen them all. Like, some of them differ from the outside. Some of them have nice views from the top. Oh, yeah. Which is maybe the coolest thing about them. But once you've kind of seen two or three, you're done, you know? We stayed in Kyoto together. I think we saw enough temples in our first day there to be like, I don't really care about temples anymore.
0: Definitely. And I remember... Um, when myself and our friend John went to visit you over Christmas, you were still teaching through some of the days, so John and I would go exploring, and a few of them- Yeah. He had already been to, but he was so good about, no, we don't need to go inside any temples. Yeah. He has a- Perfect. Very remarkable, almost dad-like efficiency when he's on a trip. <laughs> yeah. You just do a lap, you don't need to go inside, you've seen enough, don't stay anywhere too long, and- it's very scheduled and mannered and he yeah. knows what he wants to do. My goodness. And you won't waste time getting around and doing it.
1: Yeah, that's, that sounds amazing. Uh, this was a trip I went on with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. And I wish John was my girlfriend sometimes. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, but just being, leaving on time, going to places on time, not just having a look, not spending three hours doing nothing, you know? it's Right. It would be, be really nice. So, that was this weekend? That was, yeah. Well, this weekend, this this is where we're recording on a Monday, the last two days. It's it's Golden Week here in Japan. Rob, do you know what Golden Week is? I have a feeling you'll tell me. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you because of your ignorance, but basically, I have a public holiday today on Monday, and on the weekend, I played a nerdy card game, oh. which is very boring, and I don't think I'll do it again, but I also... <laughs> <laughs> went out to uh, Osaka. We went to an old street called Shinsakai. But there, there was a little detail that I think you would like, Robin. Oh, please tell me. So, as you cross under a bridge to enter the main street, there is a sign on a, on a lamppost. And do you know what that sign says in English, Robin? No. <laughs> it, it says, caution, transsexual transformation. What? <laughs> like Optimus Prime. Really? Now, do do you know what that could mean? No. Okay, well,
0: I'll tell you. I don't want to incriminate myself by guessing something. Okay. Okay.
1: I might say something unwoke here, Robin, but... Okay. Look, it's purely out of ignorance of the actual culture of the place. But once uh, the sun goes down, the streets are populated with many, many... Old men uh, with long hair dress up as women. Okay. I don't know if they're trans people or if they just like dressing up, but it's a thing for some reason in this area of the city. So, you're just walking around and there's a man in kind of like a maid outfit with a very nice sun umbrella just like in the afternoon. Wonderful. Just before nighttime. That's really nice. But I'm still not sure why that area is famous for that. Can someone tell me? Get on the, get on the... So, it's it's... Solely under that bridge Oh, I mean, it's a whole street Oh, okay But it's, it's the street just after the, this bridge Wow Yeah I don't know, is that interesting? Is that an interesting story, Rob? That
0: is interesting Okay I'm thinking back to your neighbourhood On the way to the train station There is a Salo hair
1: salon That's true I walk past that quite often and always giggle And your joke
0: What's your joke again?
1: My joke is, Do you think they give you free bowls of poop to eat while you wait? Or something like that? I, I remember it being you, you can get a haircut and eat poo. Okay, uh, both it kind of works both ways, really. It's the
0: same. It's the same premise. It does. It's it's the same joke.
1: Yeah, it, you know everyone loves to eat poo one, every once in a while. That's that's all we're here to say. <laughs> we have a front runner for
0: the title <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> I was at a wedding on Saturday. A good friend of mine from high school. Not the first person from high school to get married, but the first one that I would expect to have been invited to and I was and it was it was a lovely day. It was way too exciting, like I was way too emotional and giddy and heart pounding and just excited and it was too much. Okay. To a point where like I don't think I can get married if that's what I have to go yeah. through yeah. when I'm not when it's not my own wedding and I I already react like that and the groom was very emotional he was sort of tearing up when his bride came in it was really sweet uh, I sat up the back and was just like flipping him off perfect I would expect no less but it was it was really
1: surreal just looking at him knowing that He's gonna go through with it. Yeah, well... What a loser. You know, in high school, I had a friend get married. Well, just after, you know, and, uh... Of course, there was the old moment at the bachelor party where one of my other friends grabbed onto him and shouted in his face, You should not marry this girl. She's a bitch. She's not good for you. No one likes her. Oh,
0: no. And,
1: you know, he still went through with it, and we all sat there, silently knowing it was a huge mistake, but... Oh, no. You know. And was it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Divorced or just unhappy? They seem to be going okay, but he can't be happy, just based on the person she is, you know. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Just knowing that
1: he's married, he can't possibly be enjoying himself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, kind of. He's very Christian, so he had to get married. Okay. But he, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have, Robin.
0: Well, I'm very happy for, for my, my friends who've gone and gotten married. I look,
1: I'm glad to hear that, Rob. Sometimes marriage is okay. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes people love each other forever. <laughs> and let's hope. I guess it's possible. Let's hope in this 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 instance. It's what's happening, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I look, all the best to your friends,
0: Rob. Thank you. I'll pass that on. Or rather, I'll make them listen to this podcast on their honeymoon. Okay, good idea. It's a long flight to Bali. You got to listen to some cool boy radio <laughs> to get you through it. Um Although I think we have dilly-dallied enough. Okay. We have not gotten to the heart of this podcast, which is we have to talk about a new film that's just been released. Uh, Oh, good lordy. Quite frankly, and I think a lot of the world is feeling this, it is the cinematic event of the year. Yeah. Nothing's going to compare, nothing's going to compete. Nothing will probably top it, I reckon, at this stage. It's just come out this past weekend. Yeah. Of course... Our good friend of the show, Adam Sandler, has come out with
1: The Week Of, is it called? I thought you were talking about the Avengers Infinity Wars movie. What's that one? Uh, I don't know. Some superhero crap. We're
0: Sandler loyalists on this program and The Big Week has just come out. Yeah. Uh, Not The Big Week. The Week Of. I keep calling it that because I keep thinking of The Big Wedding. Yeah. Which I don't think anyone has seen. but I certainly don't know it. If you believe what you hear... It was one of the worst films to come out of the year 2013. And it had a huge cast of all your Robert De Niro's and Diane Keaton's and... Okay. You know, someone from that 70s show. It was a big deal and a big budget and a complete total turkey. But because it was a wedding movie... Yeah,
1: so, your comparison's not so far off. Oh, okay.
0: Now, you have seen The it. week of... You've I seen the first 16 minutes?
1: I was supposed to watch the first 25 minutes for a little... Minimum safe distance, but no, I... You couldn't make it. I I really couldn't. I had really had to stop. Okay.
0: Now, have you seen any of the other Adam Sandler Netflix movies? Because what I want to do, much like when we watched Fate of the Furious, let's do a little quick retrospective and catch up before we get into... Ah, oh, okay.
1: Very, very nice. Um,
0: the first of seven parts of the big week over... Sorry, the week of over seven big weeks. I saved it. Yes. I saved the the transition there. Yeah, good work. So, first of all, the first one that came out in the tail end of 2015, around the same time that The Hateful Eight came out, was the first Adam Sandler Netflix vehicle, The Ridiculous
1: Six. That was the... Yeah, Western spoof Uh thing. What have you seen of it? I watched the first half or first half hour with you and old John, who we mentioned earlier in the podcast.
0: It was hungover on New Year's Day. Oh, it was, of course. We slept over at my house and we decided, uh, let's put on the Ridiculous Six. And I believe we all watched about 30 minutes of it. And then I watched the whole thing after. You somehow finished it. Couldn't help myself. Do you have any memories of the film?
1: Uh, there was a cow joke cow milk joke I think okay the the guy from Twilight that's not the main guy was in it Taylor someone
0: yes now correct me if I'm wrong but you did not get up to the scene where a donkey forates him did you ah uh, you did not see uh, we, the donkey sucking uh, on Taylor Lautner's carrot
1: I have uh, I have some memories of Something similar to that, but maybe it was from Pornhub and not Netflix, so... I can't honestly
0: answer. To my memory, we stopped watching Somewhere in Between, Taylor Lautner getting sucked off by a donkey and Steve Buscemi eating out a donkey's ass Okay, I, do-
1: I definitely don't remember the eating out the donkey's butt. Okay. He
0: does quite like the taste. He He's applying a-, a lotion to the donkey's butthole and then sucks on his finger, basically.
1: I see, I see. Okay. Because apparently
0: Steve Buscemi will do anything for Adam Sandler. He's apparently just such a nice, fun guy. Sure. Um, that film also has Terry Crews playing a piano with his cock. Oh. And it's a really interesting movie because it has this flair and flavour of being this epic western. But it's contrasted by Adam Sandler really not giving anything of a shit towards the content that he's putting on screen yeah yeah he really doesn't commit to the role it's a real almost like a burden to him because he's not doing his normal adam sandler voice which just remind
1: us what that sounds like wait that's that's no good wait roll back the clip from last time is that too much editing
0: yeah that's fine he's not really sounding like that though He's all kind of grizzled and I, I, I'm i in a Western, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work at all. There's no energy to it and he just looks sleepy. He, that's a, I think that's a running
1: theme in all of his Netflix films.
0: Maybe. Well, we're going to go through them.
1: Yes. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves.
0: Okay, so I think that's the ridiculous six covered. That's c- close enough. Any other memories, any other things you want to add?
1: No. Oh, uh, he like when he... Fights people, he turns into some really fast tornado type man for some reason, I guess. That was that movie, right?
0: I seem to recall a lot of CGI knives. Yeah. Because he's really good Uh, with knives, is his character. I think the Ridiculous Six, let's go back through them. Adam Sandler as the knife guy. Yes. Terry Crews as the very muscular, with a very dexterous cock. Okay. We've got Taylor Lautner as the dumb hillbilly... Uh, Rob Schneider is a Mexican and a donkey because another thing you'll find of Rob Schneider's Netflix work is even though he is married to a Mexican woman, he loves to play Mexican and do some very offensive Mexican stereotypes. That's his game. It's very true. And I can't remember if how many people I've just counted, but the other one I think is Luke Wilson. Who is actually kind of okay. Because Luke Wilson, he's in all those old Wes Anderson films. And he hasn't really done anything else but watching The Ridiculous Six and being somewhat grateful for his
1: presence, you know. I honestly don't remember him at all. But I'm glad he, he's getting work because he's he's all right.
0: Luke Wilson, he's the main guy in
1: Bottle Rocket. He's, uh... Oh, uh, yeah, I love Luke Wilson. He's-,
0: he's the OR Scrubs guy in in Rushmore, and he's the tennis player he's in... He's also
1: in uh, Idiocracy. Yeah,
0: exactly. He's okay. He's done some good work. So, Ridiculous 6 comes out end, end of 2015, and then only a few months later, maybe five or six months later, he comes out with his... Was s- the do-over? Was the do-over, him and David Spade. And at this time, I got very excited because I thought, hang on ridiculous six only came out a few months ago is this going to be the like the pace we know we know adam sandler has a deal to make like eight netflix movies are they really going to come out at the rate of the marvel movies you know one every couple of months this is so exciting so imagine my disappointment when it was really another year yeah. before we got sandy wexler and another year since we got this latest uh the week off so sad now I think that's why I get confused about The Week Of, because it sounds too much like the prestige HBO drama
1: The Night Of. The Night Of, yes, of yeah. course. I, I I had the same problem when I first heard the title as well.
0: But we are getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Uh, the Do-Over, you have seen
1: none of this? Uh, zero of it, yes. I believe I heard you uh, describe the plot. Yeah, On maybe live from Hollywood, California. For
0: me, it's the worst film of 2016, even in a year that gave us Suicide Squad and London Has Fallen. Two of the greats. Because this starts out as a somewhat average, fine Adam Sandler movie. Like, it's obviously lazy and it has a lot of problems, but there's something about the, the- I think the David Spade character kind of- brought something new to it because David Spade's kind of the main character and Adam Sandler's a supporting character for like the first bit of it and it seemed kind of fresh enough or at least not as bad as the other ones okay and then there's a turning point where it becomes really sexist and really just offensive um and just crude so a recurring joke is that Adam Sandler's mum has these big old flappin' titties and is always yes. taking her dress off. Okay. Yeah, it's very classy. Um, Adam Sandler's character has... It's a highbrow humour. Yeah, we find out he has serious cancer the whole time and he's just trying to be a good dad for his little boy. It's totally crowbarred in there just to get the the, the waterworks going in a, and just a really in a cynical way. Um, and it's also extremely violent as well. It turns into like a full-on revenge movie, like a vigilante justice movie, but without any humour to it. Unless you count humour as there's a, a running joke that Adam Sandler can't remember what a vice is called. He's like, oh, what's that thing that Joe Pesci puts the he- guy's head in in Casino? Okay. And the kid's like, a vice? Yeah, a vice. Why do I keep forgetting that? So, it's all about Big Farmer trying to cover up a cure for cancer. Someone cures cancer and they bump off the inventor cuz there's too much money to be made in drugs of that course. kind of sort of treat cancer maybe. And they end up smuggling the cure for cancer on a USB stick that goes up David Spade's asshole. Okay, yeah. Which is really sensitive. Okay, yeah, I remember that. I remember you telling me and that. And so then at the end of the film, they've defeated the the bad guys. Adam Sandler's cancer is cured forever. They're all this big, fun, happy family. Sandler's mum's tits are flapping about all over in the swimming pool. That's what you want. And it's this lovely picture postcard, heartwarming. There's a bit of a, a pop song underneath it to make you feel like, hey, this has been a fun, good time movie. And then at the very end, Adam Sandler and David Spade, best friends, trip of a lifetime, what, how good it is to have a friend and how precious is life. And they jump off this, this cliff into the ocean in slow-mo and it's just, it's like a Coca-Cola commercial. It's like, this is what life is all about. And it's totally undeserved and it's been such a cynical, hateful, really, you know, two hours, two and a bit hours that we've been on. Okay. And uh, it's a load of
1: shit. Well, that's that's unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that, Robin. That's okay. It sounded so promising. Well, you know. Well, you know what else is promising? Mm -hmm. The very beginning
0: of Sandy Wexler. Uh, Now, this you have seen. You've seen about the first five minutes of Sandy Wexler,
1: have you not? I have, yes. I I watched the first five minutes. And what did you think? I was uh, surprised at all the cameos that they got. Yes, you would have seen
0: Arsenio Hall in the first five minutes, maybe? Okay, I... Oh, no, of course, because it's got the wedding. Yes. It's got the wedding... Uh, framing device With all the all the famous people talking yeah. about So run us through Who do who, you and see
1: They're all playing themselves right Pretty much They're all playing themselves Yeah I, I wrote a list Oh good uh, Kimmel Kimmel Jimmy Kimmel Lorne Michaels Conan John Lovitz Henry Winkler Janine uh Touched by an Angel That's not a guy That was a different note Judd Apatow Penn and Teller Or just Penn Or just Teller The one who talks Jay Leno Chris Rock Dana Carvey, David Spade, Rob Schneider's there, of course. Ah, well, uh,
0: I I think you'll find uh, Rob Schneider is not there because he plays the broad Middle Eastern stereotype.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Who has a million wives and lots of money. So I don't think Rob Schneider would be in there as himself from memory. I'm giving away the fact that I've seen the whole thing. I've seen all of them. I do I do. I yeah, do yeah. watch them pretty much as soon as they come out.
1: I think everyone by now has figured out you've seen all of them. But yeah, he's. I just have Schneider Very true. with an exclamation mark. So he could have been anything in the film.
0: Yeah, the, I don't think Schneider's there. He, he's the surprise cameo. Oh, we finally see the guy who owns Adam Sandler's mansion that he lives in the in the cabana Room of. Ah, yes, yes. And what do you think the story was?
1: Um, He was a Hollywood manager and or agent Uh who was bad at his job, but he's endearing. Yeah,
0: he had a heart of gold.
1: Yeah, he had a heart of gold, even if he was garbage.
0: Would it surprise you to learn that the whole film is essentially a ripoff of a Woody Allen movie from
1: 1984? Uh, no. Okay. It- I kind of figured it was highly uh drawing a lot of inspiration from somewhere because it has like it has a style yeah which you know all these other movies kind of don't have it has it has like a it has a device yep. that is used to introduce the story it's not just a Straight up film, movie.
0: They're all saying what a great manager he was, yeah. what a g- hilarious character he was in this in this framing thing. Yeah, so this Woody Allen movie. Yeah, a framing device um, is the word I was looking for. Not to get too into it, but this film, Broadway Danny Rose, is essentially, we start with a bunch of comedians in a New York deli. They're telling old stories from the old stand-up comedy days and they start to reminisce about this, this talent manager named Danny Rose... Sounds a lot, very similar. And we keep coming back to those comedians throughout and this framing device, and they're talking about the story of the one client of his that got away and this, this amazing... Uh, called romantic journey of this talent manager. It's almost identical to Sandy Wexler because Sandy Wexler is this very, oh kind of crazy character. Oh, he's very Jewish and wacky.
1: Yeah, the, the Adam Sandler voice is all in. And I also want to
0: say this. It's by far the best okay. of these Adam Sandler Netflix movies.
1: Because it's there's something there.
0: It, there's something there. And I think what it actually is... And it's a a very low bar, but I've talked about how cynical and hateful the do-over is. And Sandy Wexler is a much more upbeat and actually some warmth to it and has some heart to it. Okay, that's nice. I mean, there's still a scene where Adam Sandler's daughters, his real-life daughters, talk about vaginal discharge.
1: Yeah, but, you know, you get that. Like, he's still got to have that crudeness. Or Judd Apatow's in there. They've got to... (laughs) <laughs> they got to rank up the be a bit edgy. Yeah, they got to get that edginess in there somewhere.
0: It's also well over 2 hours long. Oh. And it doesn't entirely work. Okay. But there's a weird Al Yankovic cameo in there and there is some attempts to at least resemble a comedy.
1: Okay. So this is ba- this is basically made for you in a lot of ways. Mhm. Relatively, yes. Yes. But
0: at the end of the day, it really is just a love letter to Adam Sandler. Because you can't spell Sandy Wexler without Sandler. So, it really is just him patting himself on the back a little bit. That's why he has all his comedian friends as themselves saying what a great guy he is.
1: That That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's disgusting. So, before we get into the week
0: of... Okay. We've recapped the past three Adam Sandler netflix original movies which of these
1: sounds good which sounds the most promising do you think well sandy wexler of course okay i mean i i do want to i think i did see taylor lorner getting a blowjob from a donkey but if maybe i could do with seeing that again but you know apart from that <laughs> like the first five minutes of sandy wexler weren't awful so i mean they weren't great no but they had uh, kevin james being kevin james and He's an
0: endearing guy. Hey, there's actually an okay scene with Kevin James where Adam Sandler
1: uses him as a puppet. Okay. It's
0: okay. Or maybe Kevin James uses Adam Sandler as a puppet.
1: I don't remember. I think it's th- I think it's that way around. Well, Kevin J- James does play a ventriloquist in the film, so that would make sense.
0: Yeah. I think Sandy Wexler passes out and they have a big Hollywood producer meeting and he has to Oh. Operate Wexler like okay, a puppet. Okay, you've, you've definitely got me more interested now. It's something. We should also point out, before we get into the week of, the other Adam Sandler Netflix movie is The Meyerowitz Stories, but that doesn't count because Adam Sandler is only in it. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. And it was originally produced to be seen as an actual movie. It was acquired by Netflix rather than developed and produced for Netflix. And it has a... That was the uh, Noah Noah Bombach one? It has a very talented writer-director behind it, and it's not garbage. So, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. We only talk about shit here. There we go. So, let's get into the big... Not the far out. The big let's wedding. get into the week of 2018.
1: Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, Run It By Me. Okay. So, the it opens. The, the the opening, the very opening is promising. So, there's some uh rap music talking about, you know, being all the way up, being highly ranked in something or somewhere contemporary or classic i think it's contemporary i don't think it's classic i don't recognize it from anywhere maybe it's classic and i'm a plebeian but uh i think it was contemporary i think it might have even been made for the movie but that sounds like too much effort for an adam sandler thing probably anyway in comes chris rock he's got a fancy car he's he's driving into a walking into a hospital turns out he works there he's a surgeon This is, you know, we were expecting a bit of race relations type thing in this movie. We were uh,
0: highly anticipating.
1: uh, So far, the only thing is... Well, it's not even a thing. He is just a black surgeon. He's got to do some kind of heart surgery. And they make sure the patient is out by... uh, Chris Rock looks at his penis and calls it small. Right. Which... That's malpractice. (laughs) Not not a promising start. He pokes the guy in the arm and says, looks like he can't feel anything. And then looked under his little, little gown thing and said... That's what his wife says, too. Ayo. You know, it's a good, nice little small penis joke. But that's how you can tell he's a good doctor um, and a responsible one you'd want
0: working on you. It builds character. Yeah. Then, then he... He's an man. <coughs> he starts...
1: Yeah, he's, in, he's an everyman. And he starts doing this surgery.
0: If you... Sorry, if you were a doctor, would you operate the exact same way? I... I Absolutely. Have to believe you would conduct yourself in the Absolutely.
1: same manner. Absolutely. Of course I would. Like, this is why I like the beginning of this movie, because it's genuinely kind of like, oh, Chris Rock's a cool character, kind of cool guy. Relatable. Funny, funny, yep. relatable surgeon, man. So, he gets a, he gets a phone call Oop. on his phone while he's being a surgeon. He's, he's operating on this man's heart. He's a heart surgeon. And guess, guess who's calling him? Uh oh! It's Adam Sandler. Oh, what's he doing? Calling him in the middle of surgery. So Adam Adam Sandler. This guy's too much. He's talking about some kind of wedding. Uh, whose wedding? I don't know because the film never explains it. Oh, really? In media res. I guess they just assume that uh, we know that the movie's about their son and daughter getting married together. Okay. There's they don't they don't really say it, which is which was kind of weird. But uh, this is where the film. Well, th- there's a little gag where he tries to answer the phone with his hand in the glove and he can't do it, so he uses the patient's finger. You know, that was, that was kind of nice. Okay. Again, malpractice. After this, uh, he, so he takes the phone call outside and he walks towards a window and a family is very surprised to see him like, oh... This is the family of this, the guy who's getting surgery done. What's happened to the surgery? So, Chris Rock sees him and looks surprised and then walks the other way. And there's a, there's a conversation with Adam Sandler and his wife on the phone. La, 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 Yeah. And this is where the movie starts going downhill. Oh, Because no. uh, once this scene is over, Chris Rock, uh, I haven't seen him since. Right. And he, he is the only person so far in this film that has any real presence. You
0: know, no, you know what the real test is. You know what the, it really comes down to. Okay, I don't, but you're gonna tell me. Chris Rock can only do one voice. That's true. Adam Sandler can do at least one and a half, or at least one and then several half accents.
1: That's a good point. And on on that note, Adam Sandler in this movie, he is not full, yabba doo doo, but he's. I would say he's slightly more yabadoo than. Uh, the Hateful Eight, uh, Ridiculous Six
0: Yeah, Sorry. because it's not Because I think Sandy Wexler is very strongly In that direction It's dialed back yeah. a bit for the week of
1: But this this is like a neurotic Everyman, Yabba Doo voice Yeah,
0: interesting he's now Kind of into playing
1: dorky dad Like characters Oh, he's the ultimate dorky dad in this one
0: Myrowitz stories was a bit too nuanced The way he played a father in that It was a bit too much depth to it so now he's seen the errors of his way. Yeah, he's got a yabba dabba up a bit more. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's he's just he's got a slight yabba dabba. But uh, anyway, his wife interrupted him on the phone on, with Chris Rock, and then there's a big fight between them. It happens off screen. They're shouting at each other. So this is like a domestic, not domestic violence movie, but just it's it's uh, once the the, the doctors. Scene is over. There's nothing funny in the next 12 minutes. There's no jokes. Well, it just adds realism, I think. It, it maybe it does. You know, couples
0: being a, in a married couple can be tough. There are there are pressures. And I think he's just trying to incorporate a bit of slice of life into this otherwise very heightened, very exaggerated hilarious racial relations well, comedy. Let's
1: let's hope so. Just wondering.
0: Do we know who the wife is? Who's the wife? Uh, she
1: gets introduced uh, during Adam Sandler and his wife's off, off, off-screen fight. So it's it's all their kids talking. Okay, about the wedding coming up. Who's the actress? Do we know? Uh, I have no idea. I recognize no one in this right. film. The his Adam Sandler's wife is played by someone from Thirty Rock. Oh, okay. So it's not a Katie Holmes or
0: a Reese Witherspoon. Uh, or, not Reese no. Witherspoon. Who's the one he's friends with? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. No, absolutely not. Right. Um it's just generic Netflix
1: love interest, yeah, and uh then Adam Sandler has to go pick up his great uncle from the airport now he knows his uncle's in a wheelchair, but what he doesn't know or didn't Uh-oh. know is that he has no legs at all Bing. so Yuppie-doo. the the next the next I want to say five or to seven minutes of this movie is just him taking this legless old man places. Okay. Little vignettes. He picks him up from the airport. He can't figure out how to unfold the wheelchair properly. So, he just carries the legless man to the car and puts the wheelchair in the boot. Okay. Which he can't close. So, he ties shut. Now, is it as good as Buster Keaton? Um... Look, it's in the ballpark. They're they're giving it their best. Okay. Well, but... uh, No one's giving it their best in this, but... Um but if you if you think uh a man carrying around a man with no legs is hilarious, then maybe you'll like it, okay uh uh he goes to work and leaves his legless uncle in the car forgets about him he he does forget about him, yes, and there's a he's some sort of architect or he works for some architecture place, and he has to take a client around to some uh buildings that they've improved. And of course, his old legless uncle is in the car and he he says, oh, you didn't leave the air conditioner on for me. It's all very funny. Yeah. And they're driving around and all of a sudden, the the, the legless uncle is like, I need need to go to the toilet. I need to go. He's like, why don't you just do it in your pull-up, Adam Sandler says. And he says, this is a shit. I need a shit in the toilet.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. Of course,
1: that was a joke. He said, shit, I should have laughed. I'm sorry. Of course, uh, he, there's, a, there's a bit of a thing. Can you wait five minutes? I can wait too. So, they go to a diner and he, there's no disabled bathroom in this diner. So, he has to carry the legless man into the toilet. They're in, they're in a little toilet stall. Uh, him, Adam Sandler, his client and his legless uncle, they're standing in the washing area. He's in the cubicle doing his poops. There's very loud poop noises. Someone comes in to use the toilet and he looks under to check for feet Uh-oh. and then goes to open it. And Adam Sandler said, it's occupied. And the guy says, no, it isn't. And then his uncle says, I'm done. Right. I guess that was the joke.
0: Look, it's avant-garde.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then Adam Sandler takes him home and all the family's there. Oh, Adam Sandler's very clumsy. Uh, the uncle's son is played by Steve Buscemi, uh, so good. that's a third named person in this movie. And he's too busy watching Game of Thrones to help. Okay. Like they have the Game of Thrones TV show there somehow. He's he's watching it. There's Ad- Peter Dinklage on the screen, but he gets he gets to the family home and everyone's mad at him for leaving the uncle in the car with no air conditioning. And then uh, some neighbors visit, and the neighbor's son apparently had a thing for the bride to be. When they were children, and he's making things weird, and uh, that—that's really all that I can. That's really that's, all that happened. That's happens. it. That's the first day. That's the first day. After after this point, there was a title card that just said Tuesday, and I when this hit, I paused and, and I messaged you saying, "Rob, I don't think I can do 25 minutes." <laughs> we agreed that that was enough. This film's framed as like a day by day thing, I guess. So, we're just going to take it day by day. Do you have any questions, Rob?
0: I do not, but I'm just doing a bit of research uh, whilst you're explaining this, okay? So, how would you react if I told you that critical reception has improved with each and every one of these Adam Sandler movies he's been doing? In fact, uh, the week of, at least on Rotten Tomatoes, has the highest critical review response of... Everything is done to date for Netflix.
1: Okay, that's... uh, Do you think people are getting desensitized? Maybe the movie gets better.
0: It currently stands at 31%. This is the highest of all the Netflix Sandler offerings. It's higher than even Sandy Wexler? Which is an improvement over Sandy Wexler's 29%, The Do-Overs 5% and uh, Ridiculous Six's 0%. Okay, that's interesting. So, it might seem like Sandler's not giving a shit, but I think the numbers speak for themselves and he is putting more and more into every effort. Okay, Uh, well... Now, some would say that Chris Rock is lifting
1: him up. They might, yes. You have seen the film... You maybe would say he's not. Uh, look, I'm only 15 minutes in. Maybe it gets better. If there's more Chris Rock later on, I can see maybe people forgetting the poor start and just remembering the good Chris Rock of it.
0: Well, that's exactly true. Maybe all the legless uncle shit jokes are really going to pay off. Like they're really yeah. setting that up. Shekhov's gun. Maybe. And that's just going to blow up in the third act.
1: I can only hope so.
0: Okay. So. This is this is going to become a bit of a feature, I feel. So, next week, I'm going to look at the Tuesday section of the film. Sure. What do you think is in store for me oh, and uh, the viewer?
1: Okay. One important detail I left out is that uh, Chris Rock's very rich because he's a doctor. But uh-huh. Adam Sandler's family is not rich at all. Uh, but he's he's paying for the whole wedding. Right. He's not letting Chris Rock pay for the wedding. So, he's organized a nice hotel room for... Chris Rock but it turns out to be not as nice as he thought yeah that's a very important plot point I forgot about until right now
0: okay so that's going to be a bit of uh tension I think between the two families of the the it might be economic status and the hotel is going to become like a recurring joke it's going to be like yeah that scene in every sitcom when the character's trying to find a new apartment and they go through all the really terrible apartments that they look through. And it's going to be a lot of those kinds of jokes. Yeah, exactly. Is what I'm envisioning. Okay. That's,
1: that's what I'm expecting to happen.
0: Well, that's quite a journey ahead of us.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's six more days of this film to go. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing six because there's seven days in a week. Maybe it just goes to Saturday and the wedding's on Saturday.
0: There's probably a morning after. Let's Let's say that. Um, that might wrap up <laughs> sure. the podcast for us, for this
1: Cool Boy Radio.
0: Quite a sure. long one, but we have a yeah. lot of
1: Sandler goodness to get through. And maybe after editing, it won't be long. Who knows? Who knows what's worth yeah, maybe. putting in the show?
0: Great things up ahead. Thank you for listening in. This is Cool Boy Radio.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening. And
0: where can people find you on the Twitter?
1: Uh, BB2KSA. I don't really tweet much anymore, but I mean... No, but it's a, it's a point of contact. True. You can go to the Cool Boy Radio Facebook page. I'll see it there. Yeah, we do. If anyone listens and wants to say anything.
0: No worries. Well, Cooly Cool Boy, we hope we have encouraged you to go back through the Adam Sandler back catalogue. I mean, I hope I haven't
1: encouraged you to do that, but sure. <laughs> All right. um, Pod out. Uh, sayonara. <coughs> That's a good ending, that burp. We only talk about shit here. There we go. Oh, speaking of, uh, remind me uh, to update you on the poop. I was going to say, we haven't talked about poop
0: yet this podcast. I was telling my best friend over about, about this at the wedding saying, we've done two weeks of cool boy radio. It always comes back to Ben's poop. <sighs> and he said, oh, I have to listen to it then. <laughs> he sounds like my kind of guy. All right. Well, do you have anything else to wrap up the podcast? My phone's about to die.
1: No, I did mention I had some stuff to... Some poop stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah, give me that quickly.
1: Well, it's just after that poop-mageddon that I was fresh off of last time. I I, I had uh, three or four days of just not pooping. Really? Yes.
0: You got it all out of your system.
1: I must have. Something happened. I had none left in me three days and all of a sudden for the next three days in a row after that i did two big solid boys every day and i just thought uh the cool boy listeners out there might want to know might want me to follow up
0: do you know what i don't appreciate
1: Mm, and i had this
0: earlier today maybe when you can feel a good one coming down your stomach and you sit in the toilet and it's going to be great and then there is enough momentum or slipstream to it that it just goes oh. direct down oh, the bowl yes. and up the U bend and you look down and there's nothing in the bowl below you.
1: That is the least the least satisfying thing that I've It's that, a anti-climax. It's awful. Yeah. I hate because it. Because you
0: can feel obviously it came out in one go. So it had yeah, yeah. that sleekness to it.
1: Yeah, I I I completely understand. I it's always disappointing cuz I always want to look down and just uh admire my work, but sometimes The opportunity passes you by.
0: I imagine it's what mothers feel like when they look down at their kids. Just
1: knowing, you know, I made that. Exactly. I mean, I've done some poops that I'm pretty sure were, like, more effort than having a baby. So, motherhood. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, they can talk to you when they've done
1: that. Yeah. Exactly. Come back to me when you've had been constipated after getting your wisdom teeth out and taking some hot... uh, Hot, hot, hot codeine.